another episode of the audio visual. Don't let yo start. We not Vene. I'm, I'm smiling. I'm really happy to be here. That's all. You, you turn it into Joe very fast. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing, bro. Like we just need more memes. Oh you no, no, bro. it would be in disarray if there was a bunch of Joes running around. I'll tell you that. Um, we are back with another episode. Episode three. Um. Mari again, fellow audiovisualist, music lover, you know me. If you don't know me by now, you haven't been listening to the first two episodes, and that's a shame. Joe? Yo, I didn't know if we were supposed to or, like, he never told me I was supposed to take off my, my wig cap before the shoot. So now I'm over here wig capping it. This nigga Damari look good as shit. This nigga Vinay look good as shit. And I'm just over here looking like some kind of scruff, <laughs> but I look like somebody grandma. I just assume you had an ankle bracelet, so you just got her out of prison. Like, five you was going for. I don't you know what, bro? We all can support Damari's ankle bracelet business out here. So, shout out to Damari and bracelets. Uh, y'all can follow them on Instagram and Snapchat. And, you know, also subscribe to my premium Snapchat. It's Cozy Co. It's at me. Cozy Co. Oh, God. No, don't. And it's your boy Cozy. Um, anyway, we are going to get into our first topic. But before I do that, I just want to play a song off of a fellow brother of mine's project. Uh, he's produced hip hop slash R&B producer, a ghost to FAMU. Um, and uh, he's really dope. So I'm going to play one of the records off of his latest project, Psychology 3, Sunny Days. This is a Sidon exclusive. When you had me sprung, always be like a drum. I fell in love in more ways than one, but I knew the best was still to come. Because the way that we vibe, it was effortless. Ain't not to try, baby, it was evident that God Himself put you here for me. So that was uh, Jaquarius, Sunny Days, off of Psychology 3. Yeah, so y'all go, uh, go check that project out. Like I said, Sidon, Psychology 3, um, on all streaming platforms. Um, shout out to him giving me permission to do that. So uh, let's get into our first topic. So now, we have the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman. When I got this news, I got it. My my friend sent it to me, and I couldn't believe it. It was pretty much, I guess, an announcement on his own Instagram page. Seeing, you know, that that post on his Instagram and just, you know, the announcement of his untimely death, I was, you know, I was definitely devastated. Um, the fact that they even said this was something he was going through for like how how long? How long did he say he's been battling with cancer? I believe it was. Since, he, since four years, yeah, four years, right? So this is since like Third Good Marshall and all of those other films he was in that he played such pivotal roles in that he was dealing with with cancer. So you know, it was just 
Yeah, man, I, I was I was really devastated. I'll start there. I wouldn't even call it devastation on my part. More just a a respect standpoint where where you can even see like you know he wasn't even talking about his life and himself like you know he wasn't one of those those artists or I will well yeah those actors that would go out in, in social media and make a big ruckus about stuff or just try to stay relevant about something. It seemed to me that he was doing shit where he was doing his flow respectfully like you know it was about his work it was about who he was it wasn't about you know just how much attention he was getting it was about like yo he's a good actor he plays beautiful roles he plays very very interesting roles uh very iconic roles as well and he goes out there he does his shit and right you know he could have came out a while ago and said yo I've been I've been dealing with this and dealing with that but instead he was dealing with it privately with his friends and family uh and he was just doing what he had to do and I just respect that in a way because you can't as a person or as a man or what he was he wasn't really just going out there just talking about just like bullshit uh he was just doing what he had to do and I respect his family for keeping his private matters private you know not selling it to tabloids and publicity for no reason I think I think Chadwick really gave a lot of young black children a uh, representation that previously wasn't seen uh, in the years prior to him surfacing as a, an actor. And I can't do anything but respect that. And from my understanding, he was dealing with the, the cancer during the, the filming of Black Panther. And what was courageous about that to me is the fact that he was able to go through the motions of dealing with that, with that terminal disease, but still work. Like he didn't let it stop him. So it's unfortunate, but also on the, on the, on another note, I, I mean, I saw a video that he posted like a, like a few months back and he looked really frail. Now, I don't know what it was for, but I could tell he was sick. It was either he was sick or he was like preparing for some type of role like 50 had to do. It was one of the two, but it turned out he was sick. And I just remember a lot of people making fun of him for it, but no one ever stopped to think like, hey, maybe this guy's going through something. It's, it's, it's all fun and games until somebody's gone. And now everybody wants to say how much of a light spirit he was and how great he was for the community. Now it's Wakanda forever. But I think it's important to use this as a stepping stone to keep in mind that everybody has like their dues to pay. Everybody goes through things. So to be kind and nice to everybody, regardless if they're like you or not. I can't, can't disagree with that. Um, and just kind of to add on, how do you think, how do you guys feel like this affects or impacts the environment of just black cinema right now? Because he was working on the Manson, he was supposed to be a part of the Manson movie, and he was also doing a movie with, I believe he was working on something with Jamie Foxx, I'm not sure. So, you know, what I'm asking is, how do you feel this impacts just black cinema? Uh, I would, you know, uh, in black cinema, you know, the the use of new actors is kind of rare. You know, actors really have to build themselves up. So I feel we have a lot of newer, younger brothers out there who are acting. And I just feel like, you know, you got to think positively. It gives them the opportunity to grow because of the fact that, you know, a higher person is, you know, is gone. So it gives them the possibility to grow as well as it gives whatever roles you are doing now, you know, similar to like the whole pop smoke thing. Uh, now he's dead and someone had to take over what he was doing. So sometimes you just got to take over and change up some things and see how it flows together. So 
I'd say, like, you know, it's always going to keep going forward, but it just gives younger brothers or different actors the opportunity to, to fill those roles and see a different personality in these roles that we weren't seeing, what we were going, when we were going to see something different. Yeah. I think that it sucks to lose Chadwick and especially to something so awful. And he died, you know, before his time, in my opinion, he was, he was like, what, in his forties? Like, that's not, it's really young, but I think we'll be okay because there's a lot of us that indulge in the arts. Um, We just need that shine. And I think that he did, great due diligence while he was on earth to open doors and show us how it's supposed to be done. Um, But I think we'll be okay. We'll learn from him, his um, persistence to keep going. And uh, yeah, we'll be good. Okay. Uh, We're going to toss the next topic to, uh, to Joe over there. Uh, Let him cook uh, right after, but I'm going to let this record off. try to stop calling me Joe. It's cozy now. I'm going to get into a topic that I just had on my mind a while ago, and I decided to bring up to y'all boys, artists and deluxe albums, right? I'm surprised you stuck to the list. Look at you. Yeah, like, because I brought it up. I was like, yo, we should do it, because have you guys ever noticed, like, right now, like, when an artist drops an album, there is, like, you know, there is, like, before, they would drop one album, and then they'll drop let's say a year later, they'll drop the second to like a trilogy album, like similar to movies, but artists is now, they have been dropping an album and then they drop a deluxe album. It's, it's a common trend now. I think it started, I don't know how long ago, but if we're looking at like Uzi, Gunna, Lil Baby, you know, Young Thug, like these artists are dropping a deluxe album and many times their deluxe album isn't even the album anymore. It's like the throwaways for the original, the song that didn't make it on the original. It's not like, oh yeah, they switched it up or they added music to the end of the track list. They actually just added a whole new list. And I just want to see how y'all point of view is like, how do y'all feel about this? Like, are you just saying like, you know, they're just doing this for the streams? Cause buying music is dead. It's all about the streams now. Are they just doing this solely for streams? Yeah. I think it it depends on which artist we're talking about because I feel like a lot of artists will just drop music right after the other four streams and money and stuff like that. Another reason could be for awareness, to keep the streets hot with their music. Another reason might be they might be trying to get out of their their record deals. Like they have Mm. a certain quota to meet. And so to get out of that, okay, boom, boom. But I I mean, I don't really have an issue with it because if it's from some of the artists I like, I love music, even if it's mid, like, I just want to hear content from my artist. Um, And I've heard, like, some people have mixed opinions, for example, like with Uzi, people didn't really rock with Eternal Atake, but his deluxe to it, people was really vibing with it. So sometimes the deluxe be better than the actual album. I I wouldn't disagree. Uh, Yeah, that's because that's that's exactly what how I felt after I heard Uzi's first project that he dropped. 
I didn't like it, but the deluxe was fire. I think he who do you have on it? He had uh, you have a uh, do you have Travis Scott on one of those records on the deluxe? I think he had on on the original. I think it was just mostly Uzi, and then he had Chief Keith, Young Thug, Future, Young Nudie, Lil Dirk, and Nav. That was on the deluxe, but I think you know some of those songs are the same songs, but really, he really only had Sid. And just some bonus tracks. Yeah, I mean, with streaming, it kind of like, I guess how it works, it count, it still counts towards the album sale. Like when you get that, what, what's that? Uh, if you, if it's Spotify plaque or Apple Music plaque or ASCAP plaque, whatever for streaming, that your deluxe because it's the same project, you're just adding more songs. It still adds to the sale of the music based upon the streams. So there is a strategy to it. Um, there's even, bro, there's so, like... But some of these deluxe albums, they don't even have the same track list. Like, the Luzi track list on, you know, a regular EA is damn near, like, he probably only has, like, two, three songs on it that are the same from EA, the regular, and an EA deluxe. It's a, it's a Jedi, it's a pretty much a Jedi mind trick. You could shuffle, because a lot of artists, like, a lot of artists have been doing, they just reshuffle it make it seem like it's a new project, but it's literally the same project. They just sequence it different and add more songs, but it still counts towards the same albums. It's all like, that's how the game is kind of played, especially with streaming. And can you, can we blame artists for doing this? I mean, I wouldn't blame an artist to, you know, drop in a deluxe, but I just feel like, yo, if there were, if it was that good of an, of a song that you liked originally, why do you need to drop the deluxe? Why don't you just drop the whole list like, there's some artists that drop music after me, like Youngboy. Youngboy dropped album down there every three, four months, right? He's consistent when it comes down to dropping music. Then they have people like Uzi who didn't drop a track like, since 2017, and then he dropped one track, he dropped one album, and then he drops a whole new album on the side. I don't know. I, and then they got, like, Lil Baby uh, who, who does, you know, his music is consistent. Like, it's, it's relevant even to this day. Some of his, like, beginning shit still is banging to this day. So I'm just saying, like, why are they dropping deluxe tapes instead of just dropping it as one tape, the whole list? Like, is it just to get to the people? Is it just because, yo, it boosts their streams and streams pay? But I, I, I get both sides. Like I said, I really think it has more more so to do with relevancy depending on the artist and trying to get out of their deal. I mean, especially now, like people need to, to siphon money. People specifically regarding the artist, they need to siphon money any way they can. And with everything going on with COVID, tour money, that's out the question right now for the most part. So if they want to go ahead and drop deluxe and try and get the, the coin via streaming as much as they can, I'm not against it. More content, the better for me, especially if I fuck with the artist. So. And yeah, so even speaking of the whole young boy shit, I guess, what did they say? What, did, what are they saying now? Um, I guess like, he did he like crash the iTunes site or something? I, I'm not sure because his album is on pre-sale and niggas is like, they there's he has so much um i guess the pre-sales really really successful i guess that pre-sale strategy um yeah like when he was number one on an album that didn't even so i mean that might be i mean i feel people should have been doing that and people are going to start more people are going to start doing that because you know young boy's not the only one in hip-hop with a large fan base so damn near the largest fan base right now like if we're just talking about off a of fan base alone 
you gotta remember like the younger kids, they're listening to like these artists that probably we're not listening to. Like, you know, we we bump this type of artist, but that doesn't mean they bump the same artist because I got my nieces and nephews, they damn near know every NLE chopper song out there. You feel me? So I just feel like yo, like young boy is just one of those artists that are and then you see that little boy the other day that was crying because he thought, you know, NBA died. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't. Like, these, these fan bases, they're not the same anymore. Like, it's not like a fan club. It's just like, these are some diehard fans. Like, if you talk shit about any of these artists, they will come out to you. And I don't understand, like, you know, they don't know these people. They never met these people. They're just going solely based off of their music and whatever they see in social media. And like, they're killing, like, they shit, niggas will fight over young boy. Niggas will fight over, I feel like the biggest three is NLE, Blueface, NBA, Blueface, NBA. Uh, who else is out there right now that's kind of like a little younger or newer to the game that's really blowing up? All of the women right now have a very large fit. I just, you know, the city yeah. girls, the, the mulattoes, the... But they, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that their their fan base isn't the youth though. Their fan base is like it is. Their fan base, their fan base is not like when I say the youth, I mean like niggas who are fifteen and under. That is the youth. You feel me? We are out. Our 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 shit is out. Fifteen and younger reciting city girl lyrics. What are you talking about? They're not, but they're not blowing up like that in city girls. Like when you're talking about city girls, city girls makes like most of their fan base is I would say like. 16, 17, 18, and up. You feel me? Like 30 year olds, 25 year olds, you know, like, you feel me? I personally just see like younger kids are like, they're fiending for more of these, these young, like these younger artists that they can relate to in a way similar how we could have relate to some artists. Like, there's some niggas out there who relate to T Grizzly, but these youngsters, like these, I ain't even gonna say youngsters, I sound like old fuck, but. <laughs> Youngster, you an old nigga now, ain't you? Yeah, so and and that's okay because these 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 younger kids they they bump in some of these artists that we probably don't even like. I I personally can't even sit through an NLD Chopper song after he dropped those two like when he those blowing up songs. He on his woke shit now. You see him nigga meditating outside and shit. Yeah, I, I, I some of his shit makes sense. Some of it just blow me out the water. Just like everybody though, like you know. I, I, and the biggest thing that blows me out of the water with this shit is like, he's talking about you got to eat once a day. That works for some people, but you know, some people they feel better after eating three times a day. So, or some people can't really get that much sunlight. You feel me? So, it just worked with some people. Just that's just how it is. I'm telling you, like some of these these artists now and their music, they're dropping albums and dropping deluxe tapes. I don't know if they stay relevant to just throw out some music so they can like bump it in the club because some of the deluxe tapes have more bangers than their actual album. I don't know what's that about. Like what's like why are they doing that? And no one's like there's no answer to like deluxe tapes. People just say down, there's a deluxe tape. Joe, I just gave the answer I just gave you the answer. It's because of streaming. It could still count towards the album sales. I mean, until you can call Young Thug on the phone and say, yo, why did you drop a deluxe tape for, for that's uh, so much fun? And he can tell you, I dropped a deluxe tape for streams or I dropped a deluxe tape for um, 
you really don't have an answer until like in the actual artists themselves. Even if it's unfinished music, you could just release those music, that music separately or as a single. You don't have to, but they're re-releasing it as another project is what, what, I'm, what I'm saying, but they're adding new songs. Vinay, what's the statistic of how many streams equal a sale? Because I can't remember it. Not how much artists get paid per stream, but how many, how much does, how many streams do you have to have to equal an album sale for it to equate to an album sale? Shoot. I, I do not remember. Neither do I. <laughs> I really don't. All right. Um... Joe, do we get? Do you, have you gotten your answers? Of, I mean, I would never get my answers until one day these artists should call my phone and say, "Yo, I heard your podcast. I heard what your question was. I would like to tell you the reason why I dropped the deluxe tape." And then I say, "Damn, you've enlightened me. Thank you, brother man." He hangs up. I hang up. But until I get that call, I personally feel like, "Yo, I can't to give you an answer." So let me ask you, Joe. Do you? Are you saying this is a bad thing for, for artists to drop deluxe right after albums? Like, what's your take on that? I mean, yeah. I feel like it depends. It really depends. Some artists will drop a deluxe and they just throw on like six different songs on the end and then they say, yo, this is a deluxe album. And then some artists will drop like, like, yo, you cannot, like, there's only like two songs on the original of Uzi's album that is the same as his deluxe. So... Like, why didn't he just drop a whole different album? If you just drop a deluxe and you just say, yo, here's just more songs on the same album, that's okay. But if you drop a deluxe with an entire different track list and you just have one or two of the same songs, what the fuck did you do that for? The fuck you was dropping a deluxe? Might as well just drop, I don't know, EA2. Not EA Deluxe. I answered your question already. The the listeners are listening and they'll see how your question was already answered. Uh, but we're going to toss the next topic to Vinay. Uh, I'm just about to let this let these tunes off real quick. Not going to be long. Not going to be long. That's what she said, Tamari. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, y'all boys. So I wanted to bring to everyone's attention the fact that the highly anticipated versus competition between Monica and Brandy took place not too long ago. Like I said, it was highly anticipated, but the results that I got, the responses that I was hearing is that it was buzz. Like it that didn't shit hit. Was buzz. Why you say that? That shit was buzz because like you, like people are like, like, you know how it is. Like some people just hype the bitch up. And then you actually sit down and see it, and that bitch was ass. Like, Demar, you just saying this because you love women R&B artists, and you would ride their ass tips to the fucking end. And we're going to fight. You're not about to sit here on this podcast and call no two black women bitches. It's not happening. I never said bitches. You, you know what? I just said it buzz. Look here, man. <laughs> All I said was, it's like, the bitches was just, it was garbage. When I say the bitches, I ain't calling the women bitches. I'm calling the, the versus bitches. You feel me? Swiss and, so Swiss and Tim are some bitches. You could fight, Joe? I mean, you fight? yeah. Yeah, I could fight. So what's the question? Like, okay. I'm not going to fight Timberland, bro. The nigga name is Timberland. Like, <laughs> yo, the fuck you talking about? Stomp your ass out. But, yes, bro. The nigga name is Timberland. All right, but what was trash about the verses, Joe? What was trash? Did you watch it? First of all, did you even watch it? Yeah, I watched, I watched, I watched oh, wow. a lot of the snippets. I didn't watch the whole thing simply because I don't even watch the whole thing of TV shows. So, yeah, so I, I just watched snippets of it. You feel me? 
And as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, the the most talked about thing on the verses was Shorty's boots. That's it. That was the most talked about thing on it. Shorty's boots slash pants. I'll say this. The the feedback that I was seeing is that the ladies weren't doing too much. Like they were barely singing. They could barely remember some of the words, depending on the song. They were detecting shade between Monica and Brandy, like undertone shade. They weren't moving a lot. It just wasn't as energized as some of the other episodes have been. And so it was kind of a letdown. They still did like record breaking numbers, but I think it was like anticlimactic almost. It was blowing up because of the or just their name alone. They weren't out there, like, you know, you know, I, I feel like that's just because of their age. Maybe they was just working out or some shit. You don't know. But the energy in that video was just more like, okay, they just letting their music talk for them. They weren't, like, you know, talking with the music. You feel me? They were just saying, yo, my shit blowing up better than your shit. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. That's why I asked you if you watched the whole Versus name. You talking about I did it. watch it. I watched damn near, damn near all the snippets. All right, if you heard any of the snippets, they were talking in between their music, giving context to what inspired the music. Now, first of all, I'll ask the both of you, how familiar are you with Brandy and Monica musically? Like two, three songs out of each artist? How about you, Vinay? That's about it. Yes, bro, we're going to have to work on this. Y'all are going to have to. I grew up in a Jamaican household. Like, if it was, you know, it was the versus. What who was it was again? It was what? Um, Man and and, and Beanie Man. Yeah, that's the one I watched fully. Uh, what's I'm not gonna sit here and say, and tell you that I enjoyed Brandy's and Monica when I don't even like Brandy and Monica's music like that. Like they like they got songs that you can play and that shit hit, but I'm not gonna sit here and tell you like, yo, that shit is crazy. We're not all like you, Damari. We all don't like listening to just. Be Solely women R&B music, bro. You're a soft bitch, and I hate you. Soft, because I listen to R&B music? All day, every day. I just said it, bro. You over here, Cocoa Buttered Up, listening to R&B in your house all day. Toxic. You're toxic. So, I'll say this. I enjoyed the verses um, because I was familiar with a lot of their music, um, especially Monica. I had Monica going into the battle. Um... And yeah, I, I enjoyed it, bro, because I love just, I love R&B artists that can actually sing, like really sing, not just hold a note. Like Brandy's an actual vocalist. Monica's an actual vocalist. So it was good to see two black women that just have impacted the genre of R&B to be celebrated. And yeah, so, but as far as the other miscellaneous things people were picking up from the verses, like, oh, Monica's throwing shade or her face is this. People read into too many people's faces too much. You cannot tell what a person's thinking just by their face. Like, that's just always been the stupidest thing to me. Um, Brandy, Brandy's just being Brandy. I don't, I don't know. I guess because I guess, and it was like a million, it was over a million. That was the first time I ever seen over a million people on Instagram live. Now in total, because they showed it on like Apple TV and all of that stuff, they, all the other like outlets, they accumulated like like 10 million views or some shit, over 10 million views. So, I mean, you know, I know what Joe's saying, but I enjoyed it. Um, some of these records made me nostalgic, at least some of the ones that were like released, like this is after, cause their run is pretty much the nineties. Their run started at the nineties, but they still had like, you know, especially Monica had hit songs coming into the 2010. So it was just good to hear some of those records again. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I will say this. On a positive note, it is an accomplishment that two Black women were able to get together, especially two Black women that 
might have had some issues in the past. They were able to get together, get the bag, you know, reintroduce themselves to a newer audience and break numbers as far as the viewership. I think that's a beautiful thing. This next topic, man, um, you know, I don't know how much you guys are going to have to, because I don't know how uh, familiar you guys are with this recent uh, wave of events as far as um, Joe Budden pretty much saying he's leaving Spotify, man. Um, damn. I really think you're the only one who likes, who even cares. I, I feel this is a good topic to, because our podcast is on Spotify. FYI, for your information, so yeah, it's on Spotify. But like, like I, I, you're the only person I've ever met in my entire life who used to sit on the school bus down there every morning. And what were you watching? Daily struggles and listening to the Joe Budden podcast down there every single morning before school. I'm like Damari, I hop on the bus. Damari's the first person the bus picks up. I hop on the bus. Damari's over there in the back, already bumping Daily Struggle. Like, yo, Joe, you watch this new Daily Struggle? I'm like, Damari, like six o'clock in the fucking morning, bro. No one watches Daily Struggle like that. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> because it's true. Like, this man doesn't want to admit it. This nigga used to watch Daily Struggle fucking daily. Look, just please, 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 please. When they be on As I order, order, order. Do I have to do it again? Please, stop. Joe Button recently announced that he is leaving the Spotify platform to put his podcast on. Um, when he was breaking down that story, man, uh, it was unfortunate when he broke the whole thing down and just about the negotiations and just like how the niggas couldn't get a goddamn vacation within, because they, they were with Spotify for two years. The niggas couldn't get a vacation. The niggas wouldn't get use Rolex watches the niggas couldn't get like nothing outside of the incentives of their own salary like of their weekly checks they got to you know do the podcast so it's like you know I think it, I thought this was something pretty interesting to talk about as far as because once again I don't know how familiar you guys are um I could probably you know if you play the audio I don't know how how interested you guys are in this topic we can move on if you guys aren't but but stop forcing your Joe Budden mindset on us tomorrow Shit. Even Vinay said no. She don't give a fuck about Joe Budden. That's I didn't even get a chance to speak. I was going to say, I'm more interested in what Tahiri and Joe Budden had going on than him leaving Spotify. But I understand the importance of bringing that. I mean, we're the audiovisualist podcast. So, you know, just like Artisan Deluxe, uh, you know, this is important to a lot of people. So something content creators need to keep in mind. Uh, don't get trapped into a deal. Um, know your fucking worth. You feel me? Don't, like, if they ain't giving you no vacation days, you don't need to be working there. I don't care how big the check is. Your happiness and your sanity is way more important than dollar bills. That's my take on it. All right, real quick. I'm going to play the audio of what he said and see what are you guys' thoughts on it or if it sparks anything. So we get back to what is a stream worth, our age-old question. <laughs> 
And that's an important question to podcasters, especially. Right. Because in music, they have set the rules. Mm-hmm. And the rules are in place for three-minute bodies of work. Mm-hmm. In podcasting, we at hours. Mm-hmm. You are on. So I'm highlighting some of the confusion. I'm, I'm, hi- I'm just highlighting for the audience why you want to go into two years ago. You want to go into an exclusive deal with somebody who's assuring you you'll get all the information and analytics that you need. But because I come from the bottom, my analogy is the strip club for the people that are having a hard time understanding, understanding and following me. What is your every strip, every trip to the strip club worth to the strip club? Parks, what is your every trip to the strip club actually worth to the strip club? I present the same question to Rory and any other gentleman that has that has lived there. I'm I'm getting a plate of lasagna. Oh, please. I'm I'm (laughs) buying alcohol before I even throw money at the It's it's priceless. For the people that don't know what I'm saying, and I'm admitting to some things here (laughs) because I've been in the strip club quite a bit. I've spoken to the women that work, work it. I've spoken to the men that work it. In the strip club... You are taxed at every corner mm-hmm. without knowing. I don't know what that sparks for you guys. So let me lay this on you. Because this kind of ties into a conversation that something that Joe kind of wanted to talk about. Streaming companies taking advantage of users and creators. How do we feel about this? We're on a digital platform. We're on our phones every day. We kind of sort of talked about like things dealing with you know, digital platforms with our Instagram Reels uh, segment uh, like two episodes ago. So as creators, wh- how, do, how should we deal with companies that we want to do business with? Um, I'll say this. I think that it is very difficult, insanely difficult, because the streaming companies and platforms, they have a high ratio of interaction within their, their users. So they have all the power. It's not really us because they could go and get another set of podcasters that they really want to to bring in the the results that they're looking for. So we as content creators, we need to be able to know our worth and have find a point of leverage that we can use to get the best deal that we possibly can. That's that's where I'll start with that. It's really unfortunate and difficult. Um, when it comes down to creators uh, or even artists, creators, whatever you're doing, you don't hop in the deals like Vinay said. You kind of just you lawyer up. It's it's it, it might not make sense at the first step, but if someone's throwing like you know, let's say thirty thousand dollars, and you know every month in your face, you know you're you know you'd be like, oh well, thirty thousand dollars a month, month. Oh shit, that's a lot of money. I'm gonna take this deal, but you don't realize like they they be like, yo, you know you gotta do this every three days. You have to do this. No no. There you cannot miss the third day, and you're just like shit. If you had lawyered up in the beginning, had dropped that two three thousand dollars, you know, say yo, can you read this out? Tell me what it is. You know, just just you know, put in some layman terms for me. Let me understand what he's saying. It will make a long way. It'll go a longer way than it would if you just took the money or you did it on your own. Sometimes you need to speak to a third party to assist you on your journey. So. Even if, let's say this podcast ever blow up and they're like, yo, they just say, yo, Damari, um, we'll give you $6,000 every month. You just got to, you know, for the same, every two weeks you drop your podcast, we're just going to give you $6,000. At first, Damari's going to be like, yo, that's a ton of money. You know, that could really pay for some shit. That can really pave way. 
But that right. says, yo, that's a three-year deal for every. You got to do it every month. No, no fucking breaks. You got to do it the exact same way. And that's what they were talking about within the video, bro. They these niggas can. They were with Spotify for two years, and these niggas couldn't get a vacation, bro. Not not a one vacation. Isn't that crazy? For two years. And then you got. You got to look at it like, yo, if they won't give you a vacation, or they won't do this, like, I'm pretty sure. Joe Budden had other shit that he was doing at the same time of this podcast. Of course, so, he talked about that. He was matching Revolt TV, nigga, hosting other TV shows, loving hip-hop. Like, I mean, I'm not a big Joe Budden fan, to be honest with you. But at the same time, you got to understand his business etiquette and how he was doing all these different things at the same time. Joe Budden is his Twitter name, by the way. Because... Yeah, Joe Budden, Joe Star is my fucking Twitter handle because, like, honestly, he pisses people off and he's funny as shit. So that's just, that's what I like about him. But I just, I just say, yo, lawyer up. If you're an artist or creator, lawyer up. You know, that's interesting because, I mean, he's Joe Budden in team. So I can't imagine him not being lawyered up. And yet he still got into the situation. And, Damari, you said, what, he was number one in podcasts on Spotify? Yes. Or am I tripping? Yes, he was number one. They were the number one podcast on Spotify for two years. I don't, that sounds like some, some dictator shit. Regardless, you got to have a stand. Even if yeah. you're on that platform, if, the, if Spotify can like, you know, say, yo, you can put music on here. You can do what you want to do. You pay your little things or you do what you got to do. They got to realize that, yo, if they want to make money or they want to be appeasing to some communities, that they're going to have to make some changes in themselves. So you streamed our podcast then, have you? I do not have <laughs> Spotify. Fuck <Yeah>. Jamari. <laughs> I mean, tell the guy to tell you this shit. <laughs> Go ahead. We're going to see how Apple treats. Like, I mean, I, because of Joe Budden's statistics and what he's able to yield as far as viewership and interaction, uh, I think he could go to another platform and make that pop in that respective realm as far as podcasting goes. Wouldn't be surprised if he did something with Apple or maybe even Revolt because what, what we're not going to do and what we shouldn't have to do is settle for the highest bidder just because we get paid let's say 150 dollars a piece between the three of us but we can get we ain't getting no vacations over the course of three years i'm not fucking doing it bro i have other things i need to do i need to relax i need to just vibe out yeah i'll, I'll be at fucking pandora if i have to to be honest like it's just yeah that's ridiculous they need to That shit, yeah. Bro, is this what we what we doing? We gotta take our shit. We're not taking our shit off of Spotify. <laughs> no, nah, you're not gonna take it off of Spotify. It's just like you gotta let it be known. Like, yo, I like Spotify. For me, they got like some. I like Spotify some because their app and they're transitioning through their apps. Like, you can. It's just very easier to handle. You know, I wish Apple Music could do that as well as Spotify Shuffle List, everything, and on, on their music side, but. And I also enjoy some of the things like, you know, the collabs with some artists and how they kind of make or like do videos or do some like, you know, one-on-one -on -one talks with them. I like that. But as as a company, you got to say, yo, if you want people to keep working for you, you got to have positive incentives instead of just getting paid. If you got to boost morale every once in a while, you got to say, yo, all right, here's a, here's a three, here's a month off or here's a this or here's that. So I just say, yo, or, you know, Joe Budden made a bad deal at the beginning. But I don't really know. I but, unless Joe Mother gives me a call and says, "Yo, I made a bad deal," or "I did this," I can't really say too much. In their contract, it's, and that's another thing with business. 
especially even when people have things in writing. Let me paint this picture. Say you're working for your job, right? And yeah. within your job, within that, 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 that contract you sign, because you do sign a contract with ever, whoever your employee is, you do, you do sign a contract with them. So it's like, imagine if there were certain incentives in that contract with you as an employer that if I worked X amount of hours, I get X amount of paid leave. And imagine if it's time or the time comes around for you to get that paid leave and your boss says, no, nigga, you ain't going nowhere. That's sort of like the thing you have to deal with in business. So it's like, that's what I'm trying to speak to because it's like in business, especially when you're old, you don't own something, you don't get to really have say on how that company operates with you because they're the one signing your checks. I, I agree with you to a certain extent, Damari, but I will say this. Standing alone, like let's just say it was Joe Budden and that's it as far as podcasting goes. All right, you want to leave? Then leave. I'm sure it wouldn't be that big of a blow for them. But if they're treating all or the majority or even 75% of their employees like this and they all dip, they're going to be fucked up. Like that's going to be a huge loss for them. And hopefully that'll make them realize that we are important. Like they are the leverage. So we got to figure out what the leverage is and hold it over them. Like, let's just say we're in a, we're in a room and the boss is standing at the door. We, it's time for us to leave. And he's like, nah, you can't leave. Who are you talking to? Walk right past them. If I got to fight them, I'll fight them. Now, in realistic terms, that means getting a lawyer and doing a class action lawsuit or something like that, if that's what needs to be done. But by no means am I going to allow myself to be enslaved um, into a binding contract. Based off of what she was saying, Vinay was saying, and, and, and this is a good question. In a contract, with anything or not even just Spotify anymore in a contract. And if you don't follow that contract, you are like at obligation to get sued or to get, you know, revoked from whatever you're doing. So if the contracts, you know, they, you know, said in the smallest terms, yo, you can't do this and you can't do that. And you sometimes modern day slavery is controlling creatives into making them do exactly what you want because it's not like they can just say, well, we're not going to do it because of the fact that you have a contract. And if they say, yo, if you do 11 months out of the 12 months that we tell you to do and you don't do that 12 months, we can sue you for all the payments for those 11 months before. Yeah. Lawsuit, class action, uh, class actions. I believe that's what it's called, the class action suit. Like these are all things that take place in business. It's not a... Yeah, but it's just something, it's corporate America, bro. And it kind of ties into, I guess, I don't know, this capitalism conversation. I don't know if Joe wants to have had that. You want to take the baton, Joe, on this next one or no? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it over. talk about today is capitalism this is another topic that i was really interested in that i just wanted to let the people in the world know 
my point of view on capitalism. You feel me? That's what the podcast is for, to let your voices be heard. And my view personally is that in America, America is set up to be a capitalistic ideology. So it's only set up for those who have a business. It's not set up for those who work for a business, who, you know, who's like down there, if you're a partner in a business or you have a business, those are the only people that actually make money, <clears throat> that blow up, that have an idea, that even have a say in America. And I just want to let it be known that it's okay. I like it simply because anyone can set up a business. If you are good at something, you can set up a business, go out there, make the business an entity and have that entity pay you instead of you trying to work for something or you are the only entity that's responsible for your car, your house, anything. Because if they sue you, they sue you for all the things you own. But if they sue your business, they sue the business for what they own. So if the businesses go bankrupt, that doesn't mean you personally go bankrupt. That means their business went bankrupt. That you know you pay off what you got to pay off. The government does what they got to do, and the business is taking over from there. And you just gotta, you still are okay. Everything that you profit off of, that's okay. So I personally feel like capitalism is a good thing simply because even the minority can benefit off of this. It doesn't have to mean only big businesses profit. If you set up a shop, if, you know, if you're good at something, if you know somebody is like, yo, you're good at fixing iPhones, you can go out there, make a business selling iPhones. You fuck up somebody's phone, they can say, I'm going to sue you. They sue the business. They don't sue you personally. But that's still a. What do you mean? That's that's still technically a business, though, that they're setting up, Joe. It's just a smaller. Yes. They can sell it's a smaller business. I'm saying, I'm saying that's a business. Basically, owning a business and, and being a capitalistic, I like you know, and an entrepreneur, it it separates you from your businesses. It's just that you are the foreman or the front of your business. So it's not like oh well, you got to deal with any of the problems your businesses has to go through. So if your business is going down. That doesn't mean personally you are going down with it. Your business is going down. You can just say, yo, you cut a loss, you file for bankruptcy, you do what you got to do, and you, and you set aside, and you do something different. I feel like capitalism is a good thing simply because anybody can get rich. All they have to do is just work for it. It can be a black man. It can be a white man. It can be an Asian man. It can be an aboriginal. It can be an indigenous it can be literally anyone can come here, set up a shop, set up a business or a service, set it up the right way, like an LLC or um, oh, what's, that, what's the other one? A small business. A corporation. Um, a corporation. Sole proprietorship. A sole proprietorship. They can set up their businesses or set up whatever they want. They can make their money and they can take what they can and, and move forward. It's not simply because of, oh, or the government doesn't really have to deal with it unless you're doing something or you're involving yourself in something that, you know, that will cause them to be involved. Like, unless you're doing like down there insider trading or you're just doing something reckless or you're, you're causing harm, the government taxes the business accordingly. And you can always set up your shop here, set up your things, move to another country, set that as your base, have less taxes on your business. Oh, uh, you're talk, talking that real capitalist shit, aren't you? All that real capitalist shit, bro. Like you can really get into something if you are doing what you got to do. And that's the reason I'm saying, yo, capitalism, I say approval. All right, we got you. All right, I'm going to go to Vinay. Vinay, what you, what you got over there? I mean, I get 
your perspective on it. And right now, it's okay. I don't know how sustainable it is because if you look at the dichotomy of um, the different classes in the society, there are a significant amount of a certain section of America that's struggling. I don't know if you want to blame the economy uh, in the correlation to capitalism or some different factors. Maybe we don't work hard enough as people or whoever's at the bottom doesn't work hard enough as people. Free labor. Go ahead. Sorry. But my perspective is that while the idea and the theory of it makes a good amount of sense, the people who enforce the system place restrictions upon certain groups of people so that even though they can set up businesses, there's only so far that they can get unless they are chosen or very, very, very fucking lucky. For example, let's say that we do fix phones. Let's say I have a business and I'm fixing phones and I'm making a good amount of money in my neighborhood. The problem is, let's say a company like Apple or Microsoft fixes phones on a international scale. And then it's just like, well, shit, I can't compete with them. I mean, I could move out to the next uh, to the next neighborhood. But so I'm working two neighborhoods. But then by the time I get to the third neighborhood, they're like, I got Apple, I got Microsoft, we don't need you. So that's an example of how I see restrictions being put in place so that we can only get so far. But there are some successful people um, in capitalism. It's just not, we can't sit up here and act like it's even half the percent of our nation because it's not. Well, let me let me let me get the let me toss. Um, capitalism. I guess what would y'all what would y'all what would be y'all's definition of capitalism? First off, uh, well, I you know you know how they have the, the actual you know definition. My because my definition of capitalism is that the companies or it's more controlled by a private company rather than the government or the state. So. Like the companies themselves are are profiting, and all they do is they work with the 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 state to create. You know, they create their you know their companies, they create their businesses. You know, everything under the sun. It's just that um, that's what I personally feel like capitalism. When it comes down to capitalism, it's more like all right, it's about money, company, resource, money, resource. It's the money, it's but it's the business over the state. So the government doesn't control you; it's the state. Exactly. And that's, and like I said, like when we talk, had our political conversation about how we, the United States of America is actually classified as a business within the District of Columbia, which is the political district where the White House is. So it's like, when we understand that, how the dynamic of private companies work, you know, do away with, you know, people say do away with capitalism, do away with this, but because I see the arguments all the time. They're like, oh, the, the, the Jeff Bezos of the world, the Bill Gates, the, you know, the, the deceased Steve Jobs and all these other people that are pretty much Mark Zuckerberg, people that have pretty much, you know, are billionaires on their way to being trillionaires. You know what I'm saying? So it's like doing away with the system of capitalism, it, it would definitely pull the rug from under everybody's feet. I would say that. It would pull the rug from under our feet. I'm not going to say where, I wouldn't say we wouldn't be able to land, but it's definitely going to pull the rug from our feet. I get like, if you're the person that's saying do away with capitalism, it's like you're eradicating pretty much how the American economy functions. None of these uh, manufacturers, none of these people that have private companies under the United States business codes would be able to exist. 
I mean, it it is true to in to a certain point, but we can't sit up here and act like if capitalism didn't exist, the companies wouldn't exist. It very well would. It would just be underneath something different. The the inner workings and the function of how businesses would operate is just going. It would just be different. But how it's set up right now, it doesn't seem to work for the majority of people. It works for a certain group of people, but not the majority. And that's the problem. And we, we see different nations outside of America and they have different systems of, you know, how they make their money and, and they're fine. I mean, it, it wouldn't, it's not, I'm not saying we could do what, what, what Sweden does here in America because we have a different culture. But what I'm saying is we're able to do so. I mean, just because historically speaking, we haven't, doesn't mean we can't. So what would, and people, because I don't mind you thinking this way, because me and my friend actually had this conversation yesterday. What would be the system put in place? Are we talking about a bartering system? Do we just want a strictly trade system? I do for you, you do for me system? Because it's like people, and I'm going to condense this down to just the black community, because yeah, I say all these great things about capitalism, but I understand this country was built off of free labor. So be clear, I still acknowledge that like, free labor still runs the world, even not with just black people, even the people in China prisons because we have to understand about how the press use those the prisoners to manufacture their products and they get paid nothing so labor like i just yeah. want these things into like the context of our conversation we're talking about free labor here so. absolutely and and that's that's one of the issues too i mean it's a paradox saying that this this country is a business but it's supposed to like what is it run by the state funded by the business so the the company uh, like America it really is the state puts in laws enforces laws and then the companies themselves have the uh, the opportunity and the control to employ people to send people money in which people use that money to go back into the government that goes back into the businesses in the long run so that's just like it's like a cycle really yeah and and, and it, like how it's supposed to be it's a cycle like you know, the, the, the government allows businesses to come to make, you know, to like to, to set up shop here. Then we you get paid from the the government. Well, we get paid from the businesses to, you know, pay in our taxes, to pay and everything, to go back into the businesses. So the business makes money and the government makes money off of that. The IRS is a company themselves. They could yeah. not, they don't function, they function alongside the U.S. government, but they're a separate entity. Cause they tax the U.S. Like, bro, people don't like the U.S. government. The business of the United States gets taxed. When we talk about we're in debt, who do we owe? Who are the we, bill collectors? So I was watching. Um, I was watching some some uh, finance. So most of the money that we talk about we're in debt to, isn't even to like other people or to other countries. That is a debt that we owe to ourselves because of the fact that we're taking the money from ourselves or like, you know how you're, you're, the term is like free money is being passed around. Like, you know, where's the government getting all this money from? Mm -hmm. It's the government itself putting itself in debt by giving the money back to out towards people. Like, you know, we're not making as much money as we're spending. So that's what like the debt really means. Like it's not really about where, where, you know, who we owe, we owe ourselves. It's like, you know, you say, Oh, yo, I'm going to spend $50 on this place. I'm going to pay myself back later when I get paid. Right. So that's what, like, you know, you take $50 out of your savings to go buy a T-shirt or some shit. And then you got to, you know, that's who you owe. You owe yourself, really. And then that's, like, also 
if you bought, like, if I gave you $10 or you say, yo, Joe, let me hold $10 and I gave you $10. Now, you owe $60. And that's just the total. So now you owe $60, 50 to yourself and then 10 to me. So, so the so the U.S. is like that 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 homeboy you lent like ten dollars a few years ago, and they still like, yo, where my ten dollars at? And then it's like because the fact that we don't, we can pay them. We can like you know you always can pay your, the other countries back, but you don't want to or you don't need to, simply because that that debt that you're holding into that's also creating a place of like conversation. Like all right, like if I owed you ten dollars, I'm always like you, and then you're always gonna be around me. So I can pay you back your ten dollars. You feel me? Right, right. So that's how it is. That's how it's really working now. Um, just really watching like some some financial videos. I was looking at because I was like, man, I wonder what the fuck this means. But I, I mean, I guess I I feel like we are so deeply rooted in capitalism that it's hard for a lot of people to gauge outside of that. Even myself, like, I don't even know what it's like to be under a system of like socialism, a system of barter, any of that. Cause we, you know, we're just so focused on capitalism. I think it also stems and it creates some other negative connotations and other negative like things for us to work through in any yeah. group of people. Like, like, you know, like I've been, like, I get what you're saying, Vinay, because, you know, so many people are like, oh, yeah, if you, like, you know, that whole negative, like, if you work for somebody, you're not as rich as someone who owns a business. Like, you know, I, I personally feel like in this world to make money, you have to have a job as well as you have to have a side hustle. And your side hustle has to profit you as well as something that you can be interested in. Like, your job pays your bills, but your side hustle is what makes you you know, that person that you are, because you can't just say, well, fuck it. And, but here's the thing, not a lot of people have that time or that energy or that, that strive to do stuff like that. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like, you know how there's a lot of, percent, like, you know, there's a top 1%. What about the other 99? So when it comes down to it, it's like, yo, some people don't have the opportunity to create a business. Some people don't have the opportunity to even like say, well, this is what I want to do. And, and, that, and that's like, it's not about not working hard enough there are some struggles that were put on you before you were even born, you know? Facts. Like, the color of your skin automatically determines if you're going to get a loan or not, if you go to some of these banks. So it's like, all right, even if you have a great idea, some of these banks won't even, like, give you the money to, to make a business simply because, like, the color of your skin. And that's why, you know, you're coming in saying, yo, some people can't do these things. And capitalism only works when it works for you because it doesn't work for everyone. Some people can't profit off of, of, of their businesses. Some people can't, don't even have the opportunity to go out there and say, well, shit, I'm going to make a business or I'm going to do this. Or, I'm going I'm to own a private company or this private company is going to benefit off of me. You know what they say? For that top 1%, 99 people have to fall. Like For that one person to strive out there, 99 people have to like say, yo, I can't do it. That's what makes you shoot for that one. That, and that's the problem. That right there, somebody, peep, most people have to be at the bottom. And it shouldn't be like that. Imagine, like, you got people like Mark Zuckerberg or even people who don't have anywhere near, like, billions, even hundreds of millions or tens of millions. They can do whatever they want with their money. They can go out, live a life. They, they, they still going to work, but they have people doing that for them for the most part. They can just chill, fuck around. The workers, they have to worry about keeping their lights on, uh, They'll take vacations, but it's very solemn that they do so. 
and it's just a lot more stress. And I don't think that it has to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. We should all be comfortable, not talking about communism, but we should all be comfortable enough <laughs> or we don't feel in, or we don't feel trapped. That was sounding like communism. That, that bit was sounding a lot like communism. Like, yo, yeah, but... <laughs> you know, everyone has to be the same. Nah, I don't, yeah, because I feel like different jobs pay, it should be worth more and less. But I think that we should all be comfortable enough. Like, I don't think, I think a country is failing if you have higher than 10% of your people in poverty, like destitute. I think that's a failure. Should we be chasing opportunity or money? And what would opportunity between the two? And that's what kind of me and my friend talked about, because it's not the fact that we don't have the money. It's like, we don't even have the opportunity to get access to X, Y, and Z. Not just money, but how to spend the money, where to spend the money, how to save the money, how to invest the money. You know what I'm saying? These are dynamics to not just getting money, but how to preserve money. Or forget the word money. How can you sustain yourself as a human being? Can you sustain a community of people? That's what we're going to kind of have to ask ourselves if we're trying to see outside of a capitalistic system. All right, what are some of the alternative ways that we can be self-sustaining human beings? The reason why we are not like that is simply because we set up a government that enforces laws and creates laws for that. This is the theory. This is the theory. This is only the theory because that's not how really government comes out sometimes, you know? So to set up laws and control. So, you know, people aren't being used. People aren't being abused. People aren't, you know, like, like, like this, right? You're in a tribe. One person makes the bread. One person makes the pants. One makes person, you know, they, they have the cattle, one person, you know, one person does this or makes houses, you feel me? So they all work together. And then you have the top, the chief in the, in the, in the tribe simply to allow that, yo, this person doesn't go over that person or this person doesn't go over that person. Just to make sure that the, the tribe itself is self-sustaining and don't have to deal with issues or it has representation when it's time for, you know, to meet another tribe or, to, you know, yo, we got a bunch of cows here. Somebody's like, yo, we got a bunch of sheep here. Yo, we want to trade. We got that representation right there. So that's really how government's supposed to be. But government changes when you start, you know, saying, yo, if I pay you some money, I want you to pass this law for me. Like, yo, I'm 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 the man with the goats. Yo, I give you six more goats if you just say, yo, the goat man has a lot of power. Or the goat man, goat man does this, the goat man does that. And you'd be like, oh well, shit, yeah, all right, all right, that's cool. I got more goats. So that's when it starts to say, that's when it starts playing different roles and saying, oh. You know, it's it's unethical. It's 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 not, it's 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 evil. That's the whole root of you know everything. And you know what they said? I forgot the philosopher. Man by nature is truly evil, right? Mm. Like man by nature is truly evil. Rousseau. So he believes that man by nature is truly evil. He wrote a book about you know that man is na- is is evil and government is only used so it treats people or like. Government is needed so that people aren't evil. You know, the government needs to be there so people don't do evil things, like people won't murder or rape or steal. Who's there to, if, if man is evil, if, based on his philosophy, if man is evil and he's saying there needs to be government set up in order to keep man in check, who's there to keep the government in check? That's the thing. So the government's supposed to be keeping itself in check. No, that's what they. That's it's what they ran by. It's ran by man, so yes. it, it. It's it, like it's like it's like damn. They're like you know, if man is evil, 
and the government is used to keep men sane or to keep men from doing evil things, then in turn, the men in government won't do evil things, so the government won't turn people evil. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. I mean, I, I get it, but it it's just flawed because as you can see, the government is man. And yeah. when you have that much power, it goes to your head, especially when you start getting money, people start breaking you off some check to, to, to you know, change some laws. It's going to be corrupt and it is corrupt. And that's the problem that I'm having. So I do have some suggestions as far as people looking to stack bread because I know I can't change the system alone, even if I wanted to. So my solution to that would be to, if you got to work three jobs just to get to a point of comfortability to make your next move, I say do it. If you got to work at McDonald's, Burger King, Forever 21, do it. I would suggest living in packs of like people, like your family for as long as you can so you guys can pool money. And then you want to start an LLC or, or a corporation or a sole proprietorship and get your business started within this system, I say do it. But I want people to get to the point of comfortability. No matter what point you're at, I want to be able to inspire people to get to the next level because you can do it. I wouldn't say capitalism is good. I would say capitalism is what it is. And we acknowledge it for what it is. Yes, there's people that take advantage of people and there's some people that help some people. It's a duality. So what I say is this, this, this whole thing is blood money. Yes, be clear. I'm acknowledging this is all blood money. Trust me, genocide, free labor, all of that. But we are here and it don't look like anybody has a freeway to go anywhere else. So it's not to say that I'm just accepting the ills of the world, but I acknowledge them for what they are. And that gives me a sense of peace, just knowing the truth. Some people fear knowing the truth about the reality of life versus me, I accept the realities of life and gain peace through it. So I'll end it that way. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has anything else to talk about. I'm probably just gonna probably do music updates after this next tune. Sometimes it really feels like I lose control. Honestly, I can't even find my We got some music updates. Uh, um, music updates. So I'll start. SZA's new video. SZA just put out her new single, Hit Different, uh, featuring Ty Dolla Sign. My goodness, when I seen that video. Woo! Mm, SZA, what a goddess. Um, Bryson Tiller put out a new record, uh, Inhale. Bryson Tiller, Trap Soul Vibes is back. Nigga, he's back. He's not in, he's not hiding anymore. He said album coming. So I'm waiting on that. Um, Vic Mensa, the V tape. That shit is fire. That's what I told you last the one, bro. I told you that. I listened to it like yesterday, bro. And that, I was like, I was, I didn't know he could rap like that. I told, I was like, yo, 
I remember I was like, yo, Pete Vic Mensa, but he dropped something new. That shit is hot. That bro. And I find I got around to the Amine album. The Amine album is dope. Um Asmin Sullivan, um, Lost Ones. She just put out a um a single. Yeah, so she just put out a single, real dope. S- S- Jasmine Sullivan. You know what I'm saying? Lions and Tigers and Bears. Uh and then the big Friday drop was Big Sean, Detroit 2. Uh, I like it. I listened to it. Um, it's good. It didn't blow me away. It's good. I like that Sean, but I, but I'm more so like that Sean is happy with the album he put out because definitely the last few Big Sean projects have just been, you know, extremely. The tone of them have been extremely somber. Dark Sky Paradise. I decided they've been really like dark albums because he's been talking about a lot of like what he's going through mentally, but it seems like he's in a much happier place now. So uh, that's dope. Uh, I would say he's in a growing place. That's what I would say. He's in a point of growing. I'm going off of what he said. He said he feels he's in a happier place than his previous releases. I'm going- yeah, that's why I said he's growing. Like, but he, he, is he's able to talk about something such a sad thing for him and to and to actually, you know, go out there and like, you know, produce this and, and you know, put out this this art, then that's growing. That shows that he's you know, his growth in and as an artist and as a man, as a person really. Yeah. Um hold on, let me get a few more out. Uh Monica, Lil Baby, Trenches, that's out. Uh Ari Lennox just put a new single out. Uh Young NBA Young Boy and Snoop Dogg. I haven't heard it. Uh, but I'm interested to hear it. I'm interested to hear what that sounds like. I am. I'm not going to coin myself as a young boy fan, but I will say his music is good. It's something. <laughs> it's something. It's something. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. <laughs> yeah, but his music is something. It's something, all right. Um, oh, oh, Cordae and Roddy Rich. It was all right. It was all right. Yeah, I heard it. I like it. I like Quiddy. I just don't understand Quiddy. Like, he talks kind of with a lisp, but he doesn't rap with a lisp. I never understood that. But I like Quiddy, and I like Roddy. Like, oh, I guess they, they're, like, those are the, like, two artists that, you know, they're, like, they're not in the news or in the media for anything bad. Like, they're, they're not, like, going out there. They make their money, and they do good things. You know, I, like, Quiddy, when he was protesting, and then Roddy, when he starts to, you know, do his little thing, like, he's not out there saying, well, oh, well, I'm going to do this. Uh, no, Roddy's, Roddy's background was kind of like, you know, like a thug-style thing. So for him to not try to stay in that same place, like, oh, well, I'm going to keep it in the same mindset, uh, you could see his growth as a, as a person, really. I can say that. Jaden Smith put out a project. Fucking loved it. Fucking it loved it. Bad. Um, listen. Uh, uh, Wayne re-released No Ceilings, but there's no deal. I like the video. Oh, you're talking about his new song? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. hard. Uh, well, I didn't watch the whole video. I seen some clips of the video, and I heard the song. I didn't like the song at all. Uh, I think the video was just hard, like, in general. Like, the, the whole video, the whole thing about the video was just hard. Um, And that's about it. Uh, so you're done. That's for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for you. All right. So, Vinay, you got anything you want to talk about, like any music that you want to say that you want to promote? Internet Money Dropped. Internet Money Dropped, the project. It, it contained Juice World, Lil Tecca, 
Fontaine, you know, there are a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the songs were okay, but listen, that intro is hard. I suggest y'all peeping the internet money. I mean, they used to be an inspiration. I still look to them because they, they really uh, making an impact within the industry, but I mean, they're doing big things. I think the album overall is, is pretty cool. The only time I didn't even know internet, I didn't even thanks thanks for talking about this. Cause I I can honestly tell you I never knew what internet money was. Um, I thought it was just some shit that uh that what's his name uh, Trippy Red used to say on like some of the songs he did. He was like internet money bitch. That's pretty much it. I didn't know there was a shit, but I'm, I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, they're a group of producers. Um, but they got some artists that they signed to to their quote-unquote label which is really good they got plaques on top of plaques like they're behind a lot of big hits from the last two and a half years but it's called before the storm really good good. yeah y'all go check that out man y'all go check that out man y'all definitely go check that out i personally like you know over the past couple i've seen some shit and i like some shit so um jay i the prince of new york dropped some shit welcome to g-star um, J.I. really been on the scene since uh, that, that, you know, that video he used to be in, that show that he was in, that rap show, that uh, Mulatto one. Uh, the, 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 the one with Jermaine Dupree. Damn, why am I blanking? It's the rap game. Yeah, the rap game. Yeah, the rap game. Yeah, ever since the rap game, he's been on some shit. Like, on, like on his own, he's been really ga- gaining some numbers. I like that. Uh, Twelvin from Miami. Twelvin, the fucking GOAT Twelvin. Thank the gang. He dropped tomorrow after one EP. I think he dropped another EP, or he was talking about dropping another EP soon. Um, then Major Nine dropped the tape. You know, he dropped he dropped the uh, R&B so tape. These are some like little like not even say like they're on the verge of blowing up. They're they're popping in their city. They're popping in their state, but they haven't really blown up blown up yet. So we have Michi One K, who who dropped uh, the Lost Boy Tape One, pretty fucking hard. We got Two Rare. I don't remember where these boys are from, but two rares, he, he dropped some shit. Um, Gang, 51E, June, also known as June. Uh, y'all boys know him because he was the guy that was, like, working with Lil Wayne on some shit in the studio a while back. Like, I think, like, last week or two weeks ago. Then we have another, some, some just some Florida artists. We have Wi-Fi Funeral, Drop Pain. We have SCG Heme, Drop Street Virus EP. We also have uh, Jay Green. Jay Green dropped 510. Jay, I would check out Jay Green. Uh, we have Tango from all the way from Georgia. who has been throwing out some shit. I've been fucking with it lately. He dropped the Cupid's Rockstar EP. And then we have the fucking goats. I like them. Y'all boys don't even like them because of the fact that they are just, I say, like these are the people these are the artists that are on some shits. Hack, Danger Incorporated dropped Hackers of, Hackers of the World United. I say it's a whole different vibe and a whole different thing. to like. It's like a mix between rap and, and techno, but at the same time, it's not. Like it has its own flow to it, you know? They got their rap. They got their melodies. They got their bars. They also got like, they got like songs you can connect to. They got some shit that you connect to. And I say, yo, just check it out. Check out every person I said on this list. Every single per- like you might not like all of them, but you're gonna find one you're gonna fuck with. Honestly. I can say that. Honestly, you're gonna find one that you're gonna say, damn, this shit is tough. And that's all that matters. If you find one that you fuck with, you start looking at this shit, that's tough. And mm-hmm. if you are listeners, if you are one of the artists that I talked about and you are listening to us, please contact me 
don't contact Damari because Damari is going to tell you fuck off because he's an asshole. If contact me, Cozy at FY and Joe. Joe Button Joe Star. <laughs> contact nothing. Yeah, I run this shit. Anyway. Contact me, bro. I'm going to put you on some shit. I would love to, to, to add y'all boys to the podcast one day. Because these are some people, I, I honestly say, Damari, if you ever listen to some of these artists, you're going to say, damn, this shit is really tough. Like, there's some other artists that I'll talk about the next time. I just simply don't have their shit now that I've seen been blowing up in Power County. Um, so I've seen Say Cheese was talking about them. I've seen some other people was talking about them, like, you know, College Kid. And I was like, shit, these are people, like, mad local. Like, damn, they're Around down the, the street local. Yeah. Like, it's it's original as well as it's nice to know that you know you have some rising stars from your in city. your own area from yeah. your own area like you know i mean the way you're putting it it sounds like like we really got a scene i mean i knew broward specifically had a scene but it seems more like a, a serious thing that's 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 building up and that that's a great feeling um being an artist myself because i'm gonna need to connect with some of these people never heard of them before Okay. And one thing I really want to talk about is for the people out there is take advantage of these free classes that some of these schools are offering because of the COVID thing. I never could have talked about it before because I never looked into it myself. But as I was looking into it, some of these schools like Yale and Harvard and some of these big schools, they're just offering like classes. And they might not mean anything, but it looks pretty fucking good if you say, yo, I took some classes at Harvard University. Yeah. So I could just say, yo, take some of these, take some of these classes. Take some of these courses, you know, because you might learn something that might pop into something else. Yeah, online courses is big for sure. Not just through school, though. Like, a lot of people just got their own online courses teaching. Teaching a lot. Yeah. So, uh, it don't sound like nobody else. Everybody, you know, uh, the energy looks like it's running low. So, you know, we got to recharge, come back. <coughs> uh, look at, that's all we got, right? This is the Audiovisualist Podcast. See y'all next time, man. This is this has been dope. Great episode. All that, all that.